Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! What's up, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between? You have stumbled into a new edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. We are the show that dives into the catalog, the discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. You know the drill if you've been with us before, but if you haven't, welcome. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Kamire. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, what's your favorite album? Uh, which uh, by Led Zeppelin, my favorite Led Zeppelin album. Oh, it's got to be Led Zeppelin Four, right? That that's got to be the most romantic uh, album of all time. I agree, so romantic, uh, fellas. Don't sleep on that album when you're ready to, uh, you know, get romantic. And that's all we'll say about that. This is not the fan. This is not the Led Zeppelin show. This but is I will Van say- Halen. Yeah, I will say, maybe check out Backtrack's theme music uh, in the coming weeks, uh, because that Zeppelin IV uh, remark uh, will make much more sense then. Little hints, little hints. Listen to the other shows. <laughs> uh, that's what we do here. Uh, but Corey, what is going on in the world of Van Halen? Because that is what people are here to uh, to listen to, to discuss. And there's always there seems to be here lately... A lot of discussion going on in the Van Halen world, surprisingly enough. Um, can't talk to us about it. Yeah, there, there, there's been a lot going on, and uh, we haven't really addressed it because we had a lot of guests. And, you know, when, when we have guests, we have a lot to chat about, so we didn't want to make the shows, like, super long or anything. But I thought since this is the last, like, Corey Mark show uh, for a while because we have All-Star August coming up here pretty quick mm-hmm. and some really terrific guests, uh, we thought we'd just maybe touch on some of the things. And uh, we alluded to this um, earlier uh, the interview or, uh, with uh, Blair Fisher, who came out, um, we did a thing for Rolling Stone talking about his uh, his relationship with Eddie Van Halen before he passed away, and uh, some of the great uh, you know great little nuggets of information that were in that that article. It was a really great article, and uh, uh, Blair really seems like a cool guy, and uh, he's actually uh, apparently a friend of of Chris L. So uh, I thought that that was pretty neat. But um, he emailed Eddie from like 2015 to 2020. And a lot, a lot of stuff came out about, you know, uh, the, the kitchen sink tour that was alleged at the time uh, that everybody was kind of going to uh, come back for. Um, in 2019, uh, Eddie uh, kind of revealed he was ready for a whole new beginning. He, he, would, he was asked by Hans Zimmer to work on the soundtrack for Top Gun Maverick, which would have been wow. amazing, right? Like, yeah, he, yeah, would have. Do you hear, imagine him on guitar doing the Top Gun anthem and adding his own little flair to it, right? Like, how fucking great is that? There's a there's a moment at the very end of Twister as the ending credits are rolling where it's just Eddie just uh, doing uh, and I and I'm blanking on the name of the track. I'm sure at some point we'll come to it, uh, but it's just Eddie playing guitar. It almost sounds like this uh, kind of ethereal freestyle on guitar and it just uh it works with the imagery of of the clouds and everything happening from the movie twister and i i have i've got to imagine that he would have done something similar yet uh a little bit more dare i say 
epic uh for mm-hmm. top gun maverick because that movie was epic the hype is real you guys we you know we this isn't we don't talk about movies on this show but we should because that movie's awesome seen it twice now uh loved every second of it but uh you mentioned epic that i always kind of you know equated eddie van halen's guitar playing as being epic so and, and very cinematic it would have fit so well and uh actually another project he said he was asked to do uh, keanu reeves wanted him to make music for uh, one of the john wick movies which again a oh, fits man. like a glove and would have been phenomenal oh that just oh that breaks my heart so hard i love the john wick movies and <laughs> um and i actually i really dig uh the soundtrack shout out to tyler bates uh, the composer but i mean a lot of the the choices of songs in those movies i really dig but oh my god could you imagine that john wick just going on a tear and you got eddie van halen in the background just noodling <laughs> away good god that's perfection chef's kiss absolutely and then the third project he kind of mentioned was uh, uh brian adams and because i'm canadian i thought this was great brian adams was a good friend of eddie van halen's and he wanted to collaborate on a project so uh, eddie had a lot of irons in the fire uh, in 2019 and unfortunately you know, it, it wasn't meant to be. So uh, go find that uh, article. Uh, there's links to it on the Van Halen News Desk, of course, but it was from Rolling Stone. Um, well worth the read. But of course, out of that, um, you know, Eddie mentioned some things about his lead singer, uh, David Lee Roth, and things that we already all know that David Lee Roth is, you know, impossible to work with. And, you know, <laughs> they, like he said, the and Wolfie had a great quote, and like the entire time Wolfie was in Van Halen, the fact that they did three tours, and put out a live album and one album of original material was a fucking miracle. And when you think about how David Lee Roth mixes with, with Van Halen and he's absolutely right. It is a fucking miracle. But um, there's a couple of things that uh, Eddie Van Halen said in that article that David Lee Roth uh, responded to, which he did exclusively on the Van Halen news desk. I'll I'll read you his exact uh, quote because it's not very long. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Eddie had mentioned that David Lee Roth only likes dance music and hates bands like ACDC, and he called ACDC fans culturally illiterate, which uh, makes perfect sense to me. I I could see David saying that. Dave's response, though, was this. One, I've always loved ACDC. Two, I've never said that anyone's audience was culturally illiterate. I said that Ed was culturally illiterate. God bless our troops, D. That was his entire uh, statement. (laughs) So That's just like... uh, How do we sum up a uh, a subtext middle finger in a single statement? Here you go. That's like that. Just I, I I felt the 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 fingers close except for the middle one. Just yeah, <laughs> in the span of those few words. You know, I, I read in other places where David Lee Roth has said he's you know he's not really a, a rock music fan. You can see it in his solo stuff. You know, crazy crazy from the heat. You know, he's doing just a gigolo and. Yeah, even California Girls, which I guess technically is kind of a pop rock song from the Beach Boys, but you know he he kind of lends more to the vaudevillian uh, side of things. If you go see a David Solo show, you know, mm-hmm. and you know maybe that's why the Eat Him and Smile kind of lineup didn't last that long with guys like Steve I and, and things like that, right? Uh, you know, now he's working with John Five and Greg Bissonette and things like that, and they're doing some cool stuff. Uh, hopefully, David Lee Roth has a a solo album coming out soon. But um, uh, I, I I kind of believe Eddie uh, when when he says stuff like that. And Wolfie actually mentions that you know his dad would do all these interviews and tell the truth, and everybody hated it and called him a liar. Whether it be uh, Michael Anthony, uh, there's even a really great, uh, well, not great, but uh, a very telling quote in the Rolling Stone article from Eddie Van Halen about Michael Anthony, where, uh, you know, originally how he started chatting with this Blair Fisher fellow, uh, Blair asked, hey, how's Mike Anthony doing? And Eddie said, not nearly as good as Wolfgang is or, or some to that effect, right? And um, he said, you know, when when Sammy kind of left Van Halen, Mike went with him. 
And he kind of considered that a, a, a huge betrayal. Now that doesn't discount that they treated him quite poorly uh, in the years previous uh, in Van Halen. But uh, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting that Eddie saw Mike uh, going off to play with uh, Sammy as being kind of a betrayal. It's very interesting and very kind of yeah ironic, as you mentioned, and we've talked about it before. They they didn't really treat Michael all that great and uh, really kind of took his position for granted. We have seen and heard examples of this when uh, Michael's not even playing on the album. Uh, there are some albums he's not playing. It's Eddie playing them. And uh, I don't know about you, but there are times where it's that's very telling um, because Eddie's style and Michael's style of playing are, are very different. Uh, not to say one is better than the other. They're just different. And the more we do this show and the more we listen and analyze and uh, we really feel the cohesive energy with uh, all four members, whether it doesn't matter who the front man is, the Michael, Eddie, and Alex of it all is, is a pretty strong constant. And when you take that away and when you replace it with, uh, with, a, with a different sort of style, it, it, it's noticeable. I think it's very noticeable. And it does not shock me. It doesn't shock me that Michael would go off with Sammy after all that time. And it's clear that him and Sammy had a better rapport than Sammy had, I guess, with the, uh, with the Van Halen boys. Um, and it, what are you going to do? All I can say about that is band drama's fun. Isn't it fun? <laughs> uh, Van Halen is not immune to it. Uh, no band out there is immune to it, even if they're not are immune like... to it. I think Van Halen <laughs> cornered the market on it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, well, I mean, Motley Crue might have a word with you about that. Guns oh, yeah, and Roses, okay. too. Uh, and, enough, you know, dare, dare I mention the brothers in Oasis? Um, and that is the <laughs> last time I'll ever mention that band on this show. Um, but uh, you mentioned earlier, a little bit earlier about the all-star August. And uh, we have on our, on our Twitter, we have a poll. We have several polls because we're trying to get a feedback on uh, who we want to bring back as a, as a guest. The only person that's been back multiple times is, is our, our dear uh, frenemy, John Mariano. Sometimes he's there, whether we want him to or not. He's just, he just appears. He's like, uh, he's like, what, what was that little alien that just showed up in the Flintstones? Um, Kazoo, the great uh, kazoo. Yeah, yeah. Mariano is our great kazoo. <laughs> he just sort <laughs> of he pops in when he wants to. He uh, he either makes a mischief chaos or sometimes you know he's he's a helping hand. Uh, we love and hate him both for those reasons. So we put it out to you guys, the listeners. Who do you want to see, or who do you want to hear rather? Come back to the show, other than Mariano, but I'm pretty sure Mariano is on the poll as well. So, uh, Corey, do you want to take a look at those polls and see where we're at? Absolutely. As we record this, we only got a couple days left on the initial round of voting. Uh, so when this show drops on Friday, these will be final. But unless we get a big swing in the next two days, this is pretty much how the voting for, for phase one is going to shake out. Uh, in group one of our potential, uh, of the guests we've had on the show, were Chris L., who's our first guest, uh, who, who uh, was a, an amazing guest. Of course, Pot of Thunder, uh, is the main reason why we're doing this show. We we totally ripped off their format. We fully agree. Chris says, you know, we didn't we didn't <laughs> yeah. trademark it. I'm like, I know, but we still want to, you know, we 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 you know we we walk because they ran. Uh, they're they're truly the leaders in rock and roll podcasting. So Chris L is in the group along with John Mariano, who was an early guest of ours. Uh, David was our first like real fan, uh, who who came on, who actually uh, emailed uh, or emailed us at. Uh, podcast will rock at gmail.com and said he wanted to be on the show and did a fantastic job. Then of course, uh, Kelsey, 
who is a, a real fan favorite. Um, she just did a phenomenal job. And uh, the results uh, of this poll so far are, are proven that as Kelsey is running away with it, 66.7% uh, leading this group. Uh, I thought the Chris L fans, the Pot of Thunder fans may have uh, come out in, in bigger numbers. I, I, however, think maybe Chris L voted for Kelsey so he wouldn't have to come back. Uh, so maybe, maybe he directed the Pot of Thunder guys to don't vote for me, vote for anybody else. <laughs> so I don't have to go else. back. Yeah, I don't want to talk to those jackasses about Van Halen anymore. But uh, Kelsey <laughs> running away with that one. She actually went on Twitter and said, everybody vote for me so I can come back on the show. And so far it's working for her. She's leading group one. And then in group two, Oh boy, we got some heavy hitters here as well. Jeff Saunders, a uh, good friend of ours, Mark, from the uh, Feeding the Monster days and the uh, movie trivia mm -hmm. face-off days. Uh, he's in this group along with Greg Pasquale, who, of course, uh, unfortunately spung uh, How Many Say I. Um, I was hoping he would get a ton of votes because we owe him another show badly. It's, uh, Eric, it's true. Oh, yeah. Eric Senich from the Van Halen News Desk. Uh, who I just want to mention uh, suffered a very big loss in his personal life. And we want to send our sincerest condolences to Eric and Eric's family as they go through this very tough time. Uh -huh. And uh, my friend, Brett Cooper, who uh, came on and totally fucked up the format of the show and I had to yell at him. <laughs> um, he's in this group here uh, right now, Eric Senich leading this group, 56%. Uh, Greg DiPasquale is second with 28 and then Jeff uh, and Brett uh, in third and fourth. So it looks like Eric uh, is, will be moving on to round two with Kelsey which yeah. I think is great. I'm really excited to see uh, when, when the three leaders are, are, are in their own group, how the votes shake out because in group three, we have our last four guests and they're uh, you know, three of them are from right here on the deep dive podcasting network. Uh, we have a Jonathan who came on and did a, uh, a four unlawful song that he didn't know and, and actually liked it so much. I think he went out and got the album. Um, you can catch him on all his shows, uh, including the new one. Uh, so far, so pod, so what on Megadeth uh, right here on the deep dive podcast network. Uh, Scott Haskins from the Magicians Podcast. He's been on the Aerosmith show with us. Uh, he came on and spun the wheel. He's in this group, uh, as well as George, who was just on last week uh, for Metal Gods, and uh, yeah. the Sean Geek and Fast Fret brothers. We had a lot of fun with them. A lot of fun with them. Uh, the brothers from Winnipeg. Uh, they're in this group, and right now they're leading it, uh, fifty-eight point three percent in second place. Yeah. George and Jonathan tied, and then uh, Scott is in, yeah, yeah, sixteen point seven. Uh, so right now, uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, it's probably going to shake out that Sean Geek and Fast Fred, Eric Senich, and Kelsey are moving on to round two. And we'll have another week-long poll. Everybody get your votes in. Uh, whoever wins, we're going to reach out and hopefully get them on that last week in August uh, to be on the show. We will find out who the true all-star of the podcast will rock uh, uh, lineup truly is. Uh, that'll be fun. No matter who wins uh, the poll, it'll be a very fun show part of me really uh actually it, it would not matter to me uh I, I would i would like all of these people to come back on the show um but i'd be lying if i didn't say i was a little bit kind of bummed that uh poor greg poor, it's just poor <laughs> greg he's not he's not gonna win this 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 poll you know what? Uh, we're, we're gonna bring him back anyway we're bringing greg yeah, back there you anyway go. so yeah we're bringing him back so yeah uh, and don't george you fret, greg yeah. yeah yeah and george like you know every i mean we'll the goal is to get uh, anyone who wants to come back as as much as possible. We'll because uh, you know we're not uh, we're not prudes here. We're all here to have fun and talk about Van Halen. That is that is uh, uh, the goal, and that is what we strive to do. And speaking of Van Halen and Twitter, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, even even now, even as of today of this recording, Van Halen has been trending on Twitter, and uh, I decided to dive into that. And the reason being. I think the main reason 
uh, is because today is a birthday of a Van Halen member, um, but not just any Van Halen member, <laughs> a, uh, a special member that we, we seem to talk about a lot on this show, uh, for better or for worse, we do. Uh, and I'm referring to uh, the the short tenured vocalist Gary Sharon, uh, formerly of uh, Extreme, and of course, you guys, if you've been listening to us of uh, Van Halen threes, uh, shall we say, fame. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I, I just want to say, first of all, happy birthday, Gary. I hope your day has yes. been amazing. I hope it's awesome. I hope. A lot of people have not been giving you shit. It is not our intention to give you shit whatsoever, but we have had our thoughts on the album that you sang on. And that's, you know, it, it is what it is. But nevertheless, happy birthday to you. 100%. Happy birthday, Gary. Uh, I, I love Extreme. Uh, I'm a little more positive on Van Halen 3 than Mark is. Mark hates Van Halen 3. Uh, it was prevalent uh, in last week's show, uh, where, of course, we did uh, Ballot or the Bullet. Uh, Mark, you'll be happy to know that the Twitterverse, or at least the ones that listen to our show, uh, kind of agree with us. They're uh, 71.7% the dream is over, 28.3% what dreams are made of. So uh, a majority win for this dream is over, but um, still 28% of the people uh, really dug this song. And we actually have one positive comment. Uh, if you want to get into the comments now, we can do that. Let's absolutely do that. All right, and right off the hop, uh, Sean Geek and Fast Fred uh, said, oh, my God, I hate to do this. Like Mark said, love Gary, just not here. So happy there birthday, Gary. Everybody loves you, just not here. Just not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Der Urs said, uh, in my uh, honest opinion, Van Halen 3 gets too much shit in general. Just as with 1984 or 5150 and Fair Warning, Eddie wanted to push the envelope and bring the band to a new territory. Yet, due to the lack of adequate producer and conjugal singer, uh, co congenial, congenial, congenial singer. Congenial, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had eye drops today, so it's hard to read actually. So <laughs> please, please bear with me. Uh, oh, you're good. Uh, con congenial singer, co writer, most of the effort obviously failed. And that's a good point. We talked about the, the production on that album as being quite poor. And, yeah. uh, you know, maybe they're, you know, because they just kind of threw Gary in there without really getting to know the band too much beforehand that that right. could hurt kind of the songwriting process. So, um, while I'm sure Mark doesn't really agree with it gets too much shit in general. Um, we will agree that, yeah, a better producer and, uh, more of a relationship with the, with the lead singer, I think could have certainly helped that album a lot. Mm -hmm. Next, uh, Michael Green, a big uh, listener of, the, of all of our shows. And thank you very much. Michael says, you know, you guys know exactly where I'm coming from. It's what dreams are made of. Uh, great guest in uh, at Risky Georgians, of course. He loves Middle God's podcast, as we all do. I like the song. I knew where the votes would go. It's all good. Van Halen 3 for life. Mark the Bat and Corey Moore said, it's not extreme, so quit crying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want it to be extreme. No, well, we are quite aware, Michael, that it's not extreme. And that's- We are very funny. aware, yeah. <laughs> We're very aware, okay? We make that a, a, a very a big point to point that out. Uh, here's another one from uh, Dirt Urs. I don't know, uh, Urs Hessenhauer is his uh, at Twitter handle. Uh, he says- uh, to piggyback on his previous comment however there are many hidden gems in some of those songs just as the overall guitar work on ballot uh also like the aggressive tone of the song one of the better ones of a generally failed attempt would you think that was one of the better ones of the three or four that we've covered so far mark no no and, i would and, not <laughs> see and i like that a little more yeah. than you guys so i would say yeah. out of the yeah what are we at four 
Uh, I would put it at the top too. Like uh, yeah. without you, I I upvoted. I generally really like that song, and yeah, live I it's agree. even better. Yeah, but but th- this one I would put second. So I I would say so far, uh, maybe one of the better songs. I'm just saying, like maybe as 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 we keep going through Van Halen three, uh, and because we're not done with it, uh, yep. th- I, I might change my mind and go, you know what? Yeah, maybe Ballot was one of the better ones, but as of right now, no, it's still pretty down low on for me. Gotcha. Uh, our good friends at the Deep Purple Podcast said, "Tough one, very disjointed with some interesting bits. Best part was probably the little trade-off between Alex and Eddie, even if it's uh, very derivative of Zeppelin." Um, did, did you get a Zeppelin vibe uh, listening to this one? I didn't, but I kind of see what they're saying now. Now that yeah. I'm thinking about it, um, but yeah, no. It, it, uh, initially, I did not get that vibe, but I understand. I, I totally do too. And I, anytime there's a little trade off between uh, Alex and Eddie, uh, very welcome in my book. I love that when they kind of play mm-hmm. off each other, uh, especially during the guitar solos. But it's supposed to be about Eddie's guitar, and Alex will throw a little fill in, like "Don't forget." I'm right here, yeah, little like, brother. I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Mariano uh, shit posted uh, and, and kind of <laughs> alluded to the fact that he uh, voted up this song. Yeah, we know. Uh, we know. Where yeah, we we know exactly. Song, bitch. Uh, Brian from your old doomed a Friday the 13th podcast. And this is my favorite comics. I agree 100%. He said the chorus is supposed to elevate a song and actually make you feel something. But the chorus in Ballad of the bullet just hits like a wet turd on a windshield. And I, I didn't mention this on the show and I felt bad after the chorus really is bad in this song. Like you said, it's supposed to elevate a song. And to me, it was the weakest part of the song. It's so, it's so, I don't even want to, I don't want, I want to say it falls flat, but I don't mean that in the sense that Gary's singing flatly, although sidebar, he kind of is, but it's no, but that's absolutely right. It's supposed to elevate you. And instead you're just right there flat on the ground. Um, I get, I got nothing out of that chorus. I think that's probably what made me really dislike the song the most. It's like, maybe you could save it with a good catchy chorus. Nope. Yep, I agree. Uh, Gene says, uh, still five songs left to do from this album. I'll take the bullet, oh. please. So <laughs> I'm sure. And you know, I think Mark would too uh, at this point. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite uh, comment on this thread. <laughs> and finally, Kevin Brown, who I think is on next week's show, actually, from the Tom Petty uh, show. Uh, he yeah. says, it's always amazing when a band as good as Van Halen tanks so hard. Absolute train wreck top to bottom. Other than the excellent acoustic work, it's incredibly generic and disappointing. I listened to it again after the episode and actually found myself drifting, getting bored. You and me both, Kevin. I think disappointing is a great word, a great review for the record so far, because um, as you guys know, this is my first foray into Van Halen 3 doing this show, listening to these songs. Um, And obviously I have not been very keen on, on any of them, except for uh, without you, without you, I said, okay, that one's not bad. I can, I can, I can dig that one. Uh, but yeah, overall so far, the record, uh, a, as a whole from where we're at now is disappointing. That's, that's absolutely the, uh, the, the one word review I would give it. <laughs> so that said, Mark, uh, it's Gary Sharon's birthday. Uh, should we, should we just bite the bullet and do a Gary song or should we actually spin the wheel? We have we we can't you, you already gave your friends so much shit about breaking format. We can't break the format <laughs> now. Although it would be uh it would be somewhat poetic in a weird way if we spun yet another for the 
for, for the second week in a row, yet another Van Halen three tune, just as the universe giving us a middle finger. Um, but uh, I am personally not going to manifest a Van Halen three tune whatsoever. No? I am oh. no, I am fully <laughs> look. It's it, it's been a it's been an, uh, a long day, and I would I would just really like to kick back and listen to some party rock. So please give me some ain't talking about love just please nice. give me that uh, you and i are coming from the same spot i had a very long day too uh give me something fun uh, i would love uh, some i'll wait from 1984 the practice mm. spin tonight landed on pound cake holy Ugh, fuck would i love me man. some pound cake tonight that would I be agree. amazing uh you know give me some uh hear about it later my God, I would, I've been waiting for another fair warning cut. Hear about it later would be fantastic. And Diver Down is an al uh, album we barely touched. You know, maybe even right, something like yeah. Dancing in the Streets. Why the fuck not? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad at that. Give me, I mean, hell, give us, give us jump. Like, really, just yes. give, let's just dive right into it. Let's, let's, <laughs> pardon the pun, jump right into it. I mean, like, might as well. It's going to happen eventually. So now's, now's a good time, I think. Totally agree. But what do you say? Let's get over here. I'm going to shuffle the order. All right. God, we haven't had a lot of luck here lately. No. So just so the people know, I hit shuffle like a hundred times. We're starting on <laughs> Romeo delight. So if the wheel spins all the way around a couple of times, like price is right. Maybe we'll hit Romeo delight. That's what we're starting on. Look what do you how, say, Mark? Look how close, look how close it is <laughs> to ain't talking it, about love. It's right there. It's right there. You know what? It's right run, there. run around is the track above and I'll wait is the track below. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's so talking about love right. below you <sighs> all right here we go. well here we go <laughs> take it away sammy <laughs> And it's gonna be oh, oh it's a good one though oh, it's a good one oh, top jimmy top, top jimmy. jimmy 1984 that works i yes yes that works i accept that all right uh tell us uh, we haven't done a 1984 song in quite a while mark uh, tell us your thoughts no, on we haven't song. uh i I, this is one of the albums that I absolutely adore uh, from the uh, the entire catalog. One that I'm uh, I wouldn't say I know it top to bottom all the way through, but uh, definitely one that I I keep coming back to. Top Jimmy, however, is uh, is one of the ones that I've kind of maybe only sort of uh, listened to in passing. I've never actually sat down and paid great attention to it. I'm aware of it, and I I know the song for sure. Uh, but I haven't given it a an analytical sort of uh, listen through. So this is going to be really fun. I'm excited about this. Um, how about you? Do you have fond memories of Top Jimmy? Absolutely. I have fond memories of everything on this album, but uh, I believe it's the one song from 1984 they've never done live. Oh, wow. They, really? Yeah, they, they've done like nine. There, yeah, there's nine songs on the album. And uh, 1984 being the instrumental, but I don't think I'm just checking setlist.fm. Uh, Panama Jump, Hot for Teacher, I'll Wait, 1984, Girl Gone Bad, House of Pain, and Drop Dead Legs. So, yeah, they've never done uh, Top Jimmy. They, they, it's the one song in this album they've never played live. Interesting. Wonder why. Well, hopefully. Well, I, I don't want to tip my hand or anything, but uh, when we hear the song, uh, we, we might be asking that question a little bit more because I remember all these tracks <laughs> as being classics, and Top Jimmy is just another one. Um, it, it, it's hard to downvote any really any song on the first six albums, uh, to be honest with you. I, but uh, I mean, yeah, that's fair. 
But tonight we're getting probably the deepest cut on 1984, so I'm really looking forward to this one. It ain't Top Gun Maverick, but it is Top Jimmy. So uh, <laughs> I'm ready to dive in whenever you are, my friend. All right, let me just bring it up here. This is uh, Top Jimmy from 1984's little uh eddie intro of that little you know just kind of noodling around you know nothing too elaborative just to give you uh, a little taste of things to come love it and very i don't know if you could uh, tell from the screen here the the audience obviously can't see me but uh got very giddy and excited because i completely forgot the dive bombs eddie does the <laughs> dive bombs on his guitar and you guys know that i'm such a fan of that and not only that he makes those dive bombs sound like uh sound like whale noises i got it's like it makes it seem like there's a like i heard a whales coming through and it's like it's gonna get heavy son we got whales um <laughs> i just thought that that just that just made me just really really smile um but yeah yeah no i uh i love it uh I, I, as the line says top jimmy cooks you damn right it does and it's not even uh we're not even like really really into it yet we're just getting right into the first 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 chorus and already, it's a it's a very good time. I tell you what, uh, I found a little piece of trivia here uh, on top Jimmy and on the guitar, uh, especially Mark. You'll find this interesting. Uh, it's in mm -hmm. an unknown tuning. Uh, Ed had a melody in his head and simply tuned the guitar to the melody he was hearing. Oh, you know, I could I could kind of tell that. Like when when he's picking a little bit, the the strings. If the strings are out of tune, there's a particular sort of tone they give off. Uh, and I just kind of assumed that, uh, maybe it was the way he was playing, uh, the guitar for that, uh, particular riff. But, uh, yeah, now that you say that, yeah, I could, I could see that, uh, being the case, but that's very interesting because not a lot of dudes do that. No, uh, not at all. And actually here's another one. Uh, I've never heard of a Ripley stereo guitar. Have you? A Ripley stereo guitar? No. Yeah. So, uh, again, uh, thanks to the Van Halen Encyclopedia for this tidbit, but um, it's the only fourth in existence at the time was used on this album, a Ripley stereo guitar. Each string was assigned either the right or the left. So the sixth string was on the left, fifth string on the right, fourth string on the left, third string on the right, second string on the left, first string on the right. Therefore, a stereo guitar. Huh. Well, I mean, makes sense when you put it like that, but... Uh... You know, I, I did a I did a quick uh, Google search, and I've definitely seen the stereo guitars. I just did not realize that's what they were. Well, cool. 
Very interesting. All right, so uh, the lyrics of this were inspired by a musician named Top Jimmy. Uh, Top Jimmy got his name from Top's Tacos, where he worked until he decided to become a blues singer. Uh, he was also known for playing outrageous shows at the Whiskey A Go-Go, where Rod Halen obviously, obviously uh, played as well. Uh, Top Jimmy lived up to his name by giving out tacos to starving musicians. So, oh, man. That's uh, yay, awesome. Top Jimmy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that came right from the Van Halen Encyclopedia. So I think we can take that as gospel. I thought that was I'm, a really neat little uh, little tidbit. It is. And why wouldn't you pay tribute to such a person like that by <laughs> let's like let's write a song and dedicate it to Jimmy? Like, yeah, let's do that. He gave us free tacos. Exactly. If he's handing out tacos, and trust me, Van Halen, uh, when they were coming up, we're starving. They were making like no money. So the fact that there was somebody out there at the whiskey giving out uh, free tacos, that's huge, right? And yeah, then, uh, it is. Top Jimmy uh, later went on to perform at the Cafe de Grande with his band, The Rhythm Pigs. Together as Top Jimmy and the Rhythm Pigs, they released an album in 1987 called Piggus Drunkus Maximus. You have to look <laughs> that one up on Spotify. That is the greatest name ever, and I'm very upset that I didn't come up with it. <laughs> Guitar solo, Mark. Thoughts? Oh, I did. I didn't realize this was a, a dig measuring contest because that's <laughs> what this solo just sort of encapsulates. It's like I, part of me wonders if uh, the way Eddie's playing it in particular is um, is itself a tribute to because we said uh, you said Top Jimmy was a uh, was a blues player. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe uh, maybe the way he played uh, uh, there was maybe there's something in there in this solo of Eddie sort of kind of paying tribute. Like I'm going to do this little, uh, I'm going to pick it this way because that's how Ch Jimmy would do it. And it's like, here you go. Like salute. Um, but at the same time, he's like, but don't forget I'm Eddie Van Halen. So check this out. And you know, dive bombs, dive bomb, pinch harmonic squeals. And then he, he's tapping all over the fretboard. I don't see how he has a fretboard after this. Cause good God, he's everywhere. And I know you're probably thinking to yourself, maybe, uh, well, Mark, that's hypocritical because Eddie seems like he's doing a whole lot in this solo. And you said last week doing a whole lot is sometimes too much. I did say that. And I'm uh, making an exception for this one because this solo was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that's real, 
So there's actually a mention of uh, Top Jimmy, there it Jimmy is. and his yeah. rhythm pigs, yeah. <laughs> oh jimmy is right top jimmy from 1984 mark what are you thinking um it's nice to actually have some context uh to what this song is actually about um because like i said this is not the one i've actually uh sat down and analyzed when i'm listening to this record um, but now knowing that uh, it, it actually it stems from somewhere and it's a, it's about an actual dude uh, and then hearing kind of uh, the, the brief history about who Top Jimmy was. I like I think this is a very nice, very cool uh, uh, tribute to him. What do you think? Oh, I agree. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Top Jimmy is no longer with us. Uh, he mm -hmm. died in 2001. But I'm just looking up a little bit of the history of a. Uh, uh, Top Jimmy and, and, and the Rhythm rhythm Pigs, uh, the band consisted of Top Jimmy on vocals, Carlos Guitarlos, lead guitar, lead guitar and vocals, uh, Gil <laughs> T on bass and vocals, uh, Dig the Pig on rhythm guitar, Joey Morales, I guess he couldn't think of a cool name, on drums, and Steve Berlin on saxophone. Uh, so, wow. so that was a Top Jimmy and the Rhythm Pigs. Uh, and unfortunately, Top Jimmy no longer with us. But yeah, a, a very fitting tribute uh, to a uh, Sunset Strip mainstay uh, from the late mm -hmm. 70s uh, from Van Halen here. It was wonderful. Absolutely. But uh, so the question does remain, uh, though we got Van Halen's thoughts on how they feel about Top Jimmy. How about you, Corey? Is Top Jimmy what dreams are made of for you? Or is, unfortunately for you, Top Jimmy th is the dream over? Goddamn rad, baby. Love me some 1984. This is kind of what I was hoping we rolled. I know uh, you were looking at the wheel as it was spinning, Mark, and you were thinking, oh, we got we got some good ones. We're getting close to, uh, we actually came close to The Dream is Over uh, from uh, For Unlawful. Uh, when It's Love was right there. Uh, it was the next song. It looked like we were maybe going to land on it. Uh, but no, we ended up with Top Jimmy. I'm very happy with this one. Kind of the deepest cut uh, on 1984. Uh, but still, uh, if that's the deepest cut and most obscure song, it's still an absolute banger. Uh, it's only three minutes. Um, it it kind of seemed like just a, you know, a, a quick little thing they wanted to get on the record. A nice little tribute to a, a nice man who gave him some free tacos. Uh, God bless him. Uh, sandwiched in between Panama and Drop Dead Legs on side one of 1984. Uh, diamond selling album, a classic album from top to bottom. There's not a bad track on it. And I'm certainly not going to downvote Top Jimmy. I loved every second of that. How about you, Mark? Is this uh, what dreams are made of? Or you've been a killjoy before. Is this dream over? <laughs> Fret not, Mark will not be a killjoy this week. <laughs> uh, not, not in the slightest. Uh, this is not their heaviest song. This is not even uh, one that is just uh, so cooking that it that it doesn't that it doesn't stop. But it still has momentum, and it is still uh, a very good 
solid track. I really, really, really enjoy uh, the history behind it. It's nice. It's nice when you get songs from bands that you you enjoy and uh, you realize what some of those songs are actually about. Uh, I like this. It's a it's a nice tribute to someone that they appreciate. And who doesn't love free tacos? Uh, I mean, what more could I possibly say about uh, just musically what's going on here? We didn't talk a lot about it musically other than Eddie Solo because, well, there's not a tremendous amount of uh, technicality happening uh, in this song. It's, uh, you know, you, the opening riff is uh, is very much kind of one of those things Eddie likes to do, a little blues-inspired, a little rock, rock riff, uh, but nothing overly complicated. The solo, on the other hand, Eddie just decides he's just going to go just – bring out all the stops and just throw it all out, put it all on the table, all on the table for top Jimmy to uh, witness and enjoy and appreciate. And as the rest of us, I agree wholeheartedly with what Corey says. There's not a bad track on this album. Uh, I'm really glad we, we spun this one. Actually, it's nice to learn more about songs that, you know, from a band that you love, but uh, get a little bit more in depth with it. So I appreciate top jimmy for doing that for us and top jimmy is absolutely what dreams are made of you're not going to hear me or Corey say anything bad about this album or the tracks on it you know and i would love the respect diamond dave is giving to top jimmy and some of the lyrics like uh, uh driving all the women crazy only want jimmy baby like david always thought he was kind of the center of the universe when it came to women right you know and that was one of his main appeal uh we, we talked about how it took like three attempts to get him in the band uh, because he sucks so bad as a vocalist, but he had a free PA system, and that's ultimately why they let him in the band. But he also had a shit ton of sex appeal. Uh, but he even had to, you know, uh, lay it down for uh, Top Jimmy and say, you know, all the ladies uh, wanted them some Top Jimmy. So this guy must have really been the king of the strip way back in the seventies. Look, a good taco will go a very long way. Amen, brother. <laughs> and so you make it. a good taco. Yeah, T tell us about it, Dave. Uh, <laughs> You make you make a good taco. You you hand them out uh, for free to starving musicians, and I mean, the least they can do, especially if they enjoy your company, your food, and your time, the least they can do is give you a nice fitting tribute on one of their albums. And look, this took all the way. Uh, it took them all the way to to, to 1984 to get to it, but they got to it. And um, you know, maybe maybe it was something they promised Jimmy at one point. It's like, yo, man, these tacos are so good. We should write songs about you. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure you will. He's like, no, 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 one day we will. One day. <laughs> when Lo you're a starving musician, oh, God, yeah, when you're a starving musician, and uh, I read a lot of rock biographies in early days, like I read, uh, you know, the uh, Stephen Davis book on Guns N' Roses and, and the shit mm -hmm. they had to kind of endure uh, before they kind of broke big. And same when you read uh, the amazing Greg Randolph's book, uh, Van Halen Rising. Same thing. These guys were starving, uh, you know, trying to trying to get somewhere. Uh, taking any gig they can, whether it be a backyard party or uh, uh, an opening slot at the whiskey or what have you. Uh, they did whatever they could. And a uh, free taco goes a long way when you haven't eaten in a few days and you're just living off, you know, the free whiskey you got at the venue the night before. Yeah. Or the beer, you know, you drink the beer because, you know, you could eat food and be full for a little while, or you could drink beer and be full and drunk and you know, yeah. you're having more fun. That was full the, and drunk that was the logic. Better. Yeah, that, that was the logic with a lot of these bands back then. And, you know, it's it's hard, but that's the lifestyle. And uh, you just kind of, you hope that uh, the more you keep pushing, the more you keep pressing, that the break will come. And uh, th 
I guess for top Jimmy, he, he got his, his tribute on, uh, I would say probably their most successful album, uh, 1984. Well, yeah. They, they had two that went diamond. Uh, one was Van Halen one and the other one was 1984. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you know, you could say, I guess technically tied for the most successful album, but, uh, this album was an absolute monster uh, in the eighties, just like Van Halen one was uh, in the seventies. So yeah, a, a fair assessment. I would say this is probably their most successful. It has the biggest hit of all time that we haven't covered yet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet, but we've, we've covered, uh, we've covered one of the hits or uh, actually no two. We've covered uh, two yep. of the hits. Hot for teacher uh, from, and uh, Panama yep. and Panama. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that Panama show was fun. Um, oh, I love that. So yeah. Yeah. If you're still top five song for me, Panama. I know I'm going to Absolutely. eat a lot of shit from Van Halen fans, but for me personally, Panama still top five. If it's a banger, it's a banger. It doesn't matter. You know, we all, that's the, the beauty of subjective music taste is like, we all have our uh, varying opinions, but look, it's only because certain songs, certain albums hit us a certain way. And uh, like for, for guys like you and me, Panama hit us in the right way to where it's like, yeah, I need that song in a top five Van Halen list. Like I absolutely have to have it. It makes no sense. It wouldn't be there. Um, Whereas, you know, we we got fans of the show. We've had former guests that probably would say, eh, it's maybe a top 10 at most. And like, okay, respect that. I don't get it, but I respect it. Mm -hmm. It is what it is, but that's, that's the beauty of, of, uh, you know, music subjection and everything like that. And, but the beauty is that, most of the time we're not hating on Van Halen because Van Halen uh, put out some good music. Um, apologies to the fans of Van Halen three. Uh, it's just, it is what it is. Um, yeah, but that's, yeah, they are, yes, I know. Looking at you, Michael green. Uh, but that's top Jimmy from 1984 an absolute uh i'm breathing of a heavy heavy breath of relief because we needed that we needed the respite uh from, from last <laughs> week and uh, you know it's like Corey and i had long days so we needed a, a good kind of rock and tune top jimmy we accept it we'll take it um cory tell the people where they can uh locate us and locate the show well they can uh, locate the show uh can get your merch there you can catch up on old shows um get our email address and uh, write us and i know we've had a few uh, new fans uh van halen write in and say they want to be on the show uh we'll probably pick those back up again uh starting in the fall uh because in august it's all-star august and um the third and fourth guests i still haven't quite nailed down or confirmed so i don't want to mention their names just know that they're huge uh but the first two weeks and actually, next week, uh, Kevin from the Tom Petty Project will be on the show. Uh, he's Ooh. been a great uh, interactor on Twitter. He does a great show. If you're at all a Tom Petty fan, uh, listen to this show. I love Tom Petty. So I've, I've been really digging uh, getting into this show. He's doing a fantastic job. And then uh, Heath McCoy, uh, who is an author. He wrote uh, Pride and Passion, which is a great book on uh, stampede wrestling, uh, which is, even if you're just a sports fan, you're going to love this book. But if you're a fan of professional wrestling at all, it's an absolute must read. It is one of the best wrestling books ever written. Uh, and I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. That amazing book. He's going to be on the show. Uh, he was on our Van Halen show, Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited with me and John Mariano and did a, a great job. Uh, I don't want to spoil what song uh, we, we rolled that night, but it's a very, very obscure live song that we had a lot of fun with. So look for that show coming up. But Heath is a huge uh, Van Halen fan. And I know he's been looking forward to spinning that wheel. And unfortunately, usually when somebody looks forward to spinning the wheel, they've been spinning 
you know, nothing good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it was, it was, it was actually a, a conversation on the deep dive uh, podcasting Twitter feed. It was like, you know, all the deep dive guys that come on, they're not spinning gold. You know, Greg didn't spin a good one. Uh, you know, last week, of course, George spun uh, Van Halen three and Scott didn't uh, roll a classic either. So uh, there's talk of conspiracy that maybe the wheel uh, has something against the deep dive boys. So uh, we'll see the next very time. We get well, one of those very guys well on. could be. Yeah, very well could be. And we apologize for that. But the, the wheel is fickle, as we always say. She's got a plan. Like she gave us three women and children songs in a row, which is just unbelievable. But, uh, yeah. you know, well, on, on the anniversary of For Unlawful, uh, she spun a For Unlawful track. So uh, the wheel definitely has a plan. Uh, I just wish we were kind of in on it, but I'm very glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy with what we spun here tonight. Absolutely. And uh, we, it is not our position to uh, question the grand master plan of the wheel. We are simply bystanders and uh, we, you know, we, we act accordingly uh, because that is the, the role we've decided to play. Um, you can find me at Mark the bat on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, interact with me. Let's have a talk about Van Halen. Let's have a talk about rock music and metal. And if you're into the nerdy things, go ahead and at me there too. Uh, it's all good. It's all love. That's what we're here to do. We're here to spread the good word of rock music, of Van Halen music. That's why we do the show, because we are humble fans. We are not rock historians. We're not even experts. No, we leave that to the better people. We are simply fans who enjoy the music of a particular band, and we're here to talk about it. And we want to talk to you guys, uh, you like-minded individuals as well. And if you don't like Van Halen, well, that's cool too, but don't add us, because why? Why bother? Don't do that. <laughs> so on behalf of Corey and myself, this is and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later. Later.